Let us pray. Almighty God, graciously behold this your family, for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed and delivered into the hands of sinful men to suffer death upon the cross. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The first reading is from Hosea, chapter 6. Come and let us return to the Lord, for he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up, that we might live in his sight. Let us know, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and former rain to the earth. O Ephraim, what shall I do to you? O Judah, what shall I do to you? For your faithfulness is like a morning cloud, and like the early dew it goes away. Therefore I have hewn them by the prophets. I have slain them by the words of my mouth, and your judgments are like the light that goes forth. For I desire mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O God, from whom Judas received the punishment of his guilt, and the thief the reward of his confession, Grant unto us the full fruit of your mercy, that having taken away our sins by the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, he may also bestow on us the grace of his resurrection, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. When Jesus had spoke these words, he went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place. For Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to him, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So he asked them again, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, 
I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. Of those whom you gave me, I have lost not one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? things, 
One of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon was standing and warming himself, so they said to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once a rooster crowed. Pilate said to him, 
what is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. 
So they took Jesus and he went out, bearing his own cross, to the place called the Place of the Skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Now many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see who, whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture, which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. What language have I
since it was a day of preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day. The Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken, and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first, and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again another scripture says, They will look on him whom they have pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about seventy-five pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now fulfilled, said, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. The children of Israel had the privilege and honor of being called God's firstborn. But when we consider what God had to put up with after bringing them through the Red Sea 
A better name might have been God's spoiled brat. All you had to do was look at how they acted when they were thirsty in the wilderness. Three days after being rescued from Egypt, they came to Marah, where the water was bitter, and they threw a tantrum. I thirst, they cried with one voice. But there was God to help them. God pointed Moses to a tree, and he threw it in there, and the water became sweet, and they drank. Then they came to the rock at Horeb. And there they complained and stomped their feet and demanded a drink. I thirst, they shouted. And there was God to help them. He had Moses take his staff and strike the rock, and they were refreshed. Then they came to Meribah, where there was no water. And you know what happened. They repaid all of God's love by grumbling at him and crying, I thirst. And God heard them and helped them, telling Moses to speak to the rock, though Moses dishonored God by striking it instead. Nonetheless, the thirst of the spoiled brats of Israel was quenched. Today from the cross we hear that familiar cry, I thirst, but this is not some spoiled brat. This is Jesus, God's firstborn, firstborn of all creation. I thirst, he cries, but he cries as a faithful son, fulfilling the scriptures and fulfilling the will of his father. For there was no more faithful son than this. There was never thirst like this. His tongue sticks to his jaw. His strength is dried up. So this is the part where God the Father swoops in and hydrates his firstborn son, right? Who doesn't give water to a dying man? But God the Father does not help. God the Father looks down on his thirsty, dying firstborn and doesn't lift finger. There will be no help for him, no tree nearby to make his bitterness sweet, no rock nearby to refresh him, not a drop of water for him, only a sponge dipped in sour wine lifted up to his lips on a hyssop branch. We might be tempted to ask, why is God the Father not helping? Because this is the way he helps you. By not helping his dear son, he is helping spoiled brats like us, who act a lot like those Israelites. He is helping in the greatest way by taking the sins of ungrateful, demanding, impatient, rotten to the core sinners like us, and judging them to death. By not lifting a finger to help his son, God is helping you in the greatest way of all. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That means 
His tongue sticks to his jaw because God's mission was to pluck sinners from the jaws of hell in this fashion. That means his strength is dried up because God desired to use his almighty strength to obliterate our sins on Jesus and destroy the power of death by raising him up. That means his lips will get the sour wine because God desired that our lips get the sweet wine of his blood. God is helping you in that dreadful scene. In fact, everything is in place just as the Father wants it. The tree that is his son, the tree that his son hangs on, is the tree that can make even our most bitter moments sweet. There's the rock. It's the one hanging on the tree, the rock of our salvation, who will be speared so that out might gush the water that cleanses us in holy baptism and the blood that we drink from the chalice. And there's the hyssop branch lifted up just as it was on the night of Passover when it was dipped in blood and marked Israel's doors so that they would be spared. On Good Friday, there's the hyssop branch again, lifted up, but this time it touches the better door, our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the door, the way, the entrance for us out of the wilderness and into the promised land, a promised land he has provided for us. A land without sin, death, or disease. Because Jesus thirsted as God's faithful firstborn, you don't have to thirst for God's approval. You already have it. Because Jesus thirsted as God's faithful firstborn, God doesn't see you as a spoiled brat, but as the apple of his eye. Because Jesus thirsted as God's faithful firstborn, you are baptized and placed into the new and better Israel, also known as the Church of the Firstborn, who are enrolled in heaven. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen.
Let us pray for the whole Christian church that our Lord God would defend her against all the assaults and temptations of the adversary and keep her perpetually on the true foundation, Jesus Christ. Let us pray for the whole Christian church that our Lord God would defend her against all the assaults and temptations of the adversary and keep her perpetually on the true foundation, Jesus Christ. Almighty and everlasting God, since you have revealed your glory to all nations in Jesus Christ and in the word of his truth, keep, we ask you, in safety the works of your mercy so that your church spread throughout all the nations may be defended against the adversary and may serve you in true faith and persevere in the confession of your name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us pray for all the ministers of the word, for all vocations in the church, and for all the people of God. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole, whole body of the church is governed and sanctified, receive the supplications and prayers which we offer before you for all your servants in your holy church that every member of the same may truly serve you according to your calling through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for our catechumens, that our Lord God would open their hearts and the door of his mercy, that having received the remission of all their sins by the washing of regeneration, they may be mindful of their baptism and evermore be found in Christ Jesus our Lord. Almighty God and Father, because you always grant growth to your church, increase the faith and understanding of our catechumens, that rejoicing in their new birth by the water of holy baptism, they may forever continue in the family of those whom you adopt as your sons and daughters. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us pray for all in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. O merciful Father in heaven, because you hold in your hand all the might of man, and because you have ordained for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do well, all the powers that exist on all the nations of the world, we humbly pray you graciously regard your servants, especially Donald, our President, the Congress of the United States, Thomas, our Governor, James, our Mayor, and all those who make, administer, and judge our laws, that all who receive the sword as your ministers may bear it according to your word, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray, our Lord God Almighty, that he would deliver the world from all error, take away disease, ward off famine, set free those in bondage, and grant health to the sick and a safe journey to all who travel. Almighty and everlasting God, the consolation of the sorrowful and the strength of the weak, may the prayers of those who in any tribulation or distress cry to you graciously come before you so that in all their necessities they may rejoice in your manifold help and comfort through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us pray for those in heresy or schism, that our God and Lord would deliver them from all their errors, 
and mercifully restore them to their Holy Mother, the Christian and Apostolic Church. Almighty and everlasting God, who desires that none should perish, but that all be saved, mercifully look upon those who are led astray by the deceits of the devil, that they may repent and turn from their evil and be restored to the way of truth and the unity of your holy church through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for the unbelieving Jews that our God and Lord would remove the veil of unbelief from their hearts so that they also may confess our Lord Jesus Christ. Almighty and everlasting God, who extends to the unbelieving Jews your abundant mercy, graciously hear our prayers for those whose hearts are blinded, that acknowledging Jesus Christ, who is the light of truth, they may be delivered from their darkness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for all unbelievers, that Almighty God would take away the iniquity of their hearts, so that they would turn from their false gods and be converted to the living and true God, and to His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, our God and Lord. Almighty and everlasting God, who desires not the death of a sinner, but that he should turn from his wickedness and live, Mercifully hear the, our prayers for those who have no right knowledge of the gospel of your Son, that they may be delivered from their idolatrous worship and gathered into your holy church. To the honor and glory of your name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Behold the life-driven cross on which was hung the salvation of the world. O come, let us worship him. Behold the life-giving cross on which was hung the salvation of the world. O come, let us worship him. Behold the life-giving cross on which was hung the salvation of the world. O come, let us worship him. O my people. What have I done unto thee, or wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me, because I brought thee forth from the land of Egypt. Thou hast prepared a cross for, my, for thy Savior. Holy God, holy, mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy upon us. Because I led thee through the desert forty years, and fed thee with manna, and brought thee into a land exceedingly good. Thou hast prepared a cross for thy Savior. Holy God, holy, mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy upon us. What more could I have done unto thee that I have not done? I indeed did plant thee, O my vineyard, with exceedingly fair fruit, and thou art become very bitter unto me. 
for vinegar, mingled with gall, thou gavest me when thirsty, and hast pierced a spear the side of thy Saviour. Holy God, holy mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy upon us. I did scourge Egypt with her firstborn for thy sake, and thou hast scourged me and delivered me off. O my people, what have I done unto thee, or wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me. I led thee forth out of Egypt, drowning Pharaoh in the Red Sea, and thou hast delivered me up unto the chief priests. O my people, what have I done unto thee, or wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me. I did open the sea before thee, and thou hast opened my side with a spear. O my people, what have I done unto thee, or wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me. I did go before thee in a pillar of cloud, and thou hast led me unto judgment, in a, unto the judgment hall of Pilate. O my people, what have I done unto thee, or wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me. I did feed thee with manna in the desert, and thou hast stricken me with blows and scourges. O my people, what have I done unto thee, or wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me. I did give thee to drink the water of life from the rock, and thou hast given me to drink but gall and vinegar. O my people, what have I done unto thee, or wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me. I did smite the kings of the Canaanites for thy sake, and thou hast smitten my head with a reed. O my people, what have I done unto thee, or wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me. I did give thee a royal scepter, and thou hast given unto, unto my head a crown of thorns. O my people, what have I done unto thee, or wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me. I did raise thee on high with great power, and thou hast hanged me upon the gibbet of the cross. O my people, what have I done unto thee, or wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me. We adore your cross, O Lord, and we praise and glorify your holy resurrection. For behold, by the wood of your cross, joy has come into all the world. God be merciful to us and bless us, and cause his face to shine upon us, and have mercy upon us. We adore your cross, O Lord, and we praise and glorify your holy resurrection. For behold, by the wood of your cross, joy has come into all the world.